the reason why I was on there was I was looking at the, what journeys did people have to get to where they've got to. Now, there was there was no point in me researching Frank Lampard's journey because I don't have Frank Lampard's background, but I would look at the people with similar backgrounds to myself and think, well, how'd they got there? And we think that when we're on the journey of, of learning, when we're kind of young and, and full of beans and full of enthusiasm, we reach a point where we think that we know it all, um, that we think that we're the expert. We're actually, we're, we're so far off being it. And, and like I just said about, you know, we'll always keep learning because the game's going to change and we're going to keep evolving. Just have a humility to want to work and to want to learn, um, I think is probably one of the, the main things I could say to people. It's so interesting because in, in what business would you, like you said, I mean, I'm reluctant to call them assets, but you're right. They are obviously, professional players are assets to football clubs. You know, in what business do they have an asset and then not work on it? I'm forever getting updates on my phone or being asked to update my software because something's been fixed or something's been changed. That seems to be the, the modern world. And to think that a professional player signs a contract and that is it, they just play and they're professional and we don't develop them any further is, is, is a fallacy really, isn't it? Because there's obviously so much work that can be done and there's so many good examples of players who've developed after they've become professionals. and hit this kind of purple patch in their career, uh, it, it only it only follows that we should start with this more formal role that you're doing now, I suppose. Our recruitment pool was from maybe the division and the division below that, They're from from abroad, Scandinavia, um, French second division, lots of players from those type markets. So we needed to recruit well, but we also needed to develop. And a lot of those players are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And if we're buying players from leagues that, and they're not championship ready and robust for the demands of that league places on you, where does the development come from? So it was just someone with a bit of a focus on are the players developing whilst the manager and the assistants are perhaps thinking about how are we going to win the next game, which is never more than three or four days away. And if I'm a, you know, a CEO, a sporting director, wherever it is, Everyone talks about sustainable football clubs now and developing our own and, and buying cheap and selling high and you know those type of things. If there's nothing in place to look after the development, specifically focus on make sure that these players are getting better, well then you're going to decrease your chances of being able to do that. So just you know if, if you can develop, if you if you develop, make your players better. Ultimately, you'll improve performance, but you also improve the assets as well, which is where the business case comes in for the uh, for the role. And, and we're seeing players going out for millions. You've only got to get one right really and, and straight away in the Premier League he's worth tens of millions of pounds. So this study basically over time was that when the, the elite player on the opposite side, and it was with elite players, but when the elite player on the opposite side could use the body position and the, and the shape and the shot that the human was playing across, they had a higher success rate than when it was just shooting out of a machine and they couldn't use all that, uh, that information and that's the best way I've ever known to explain perception in terms of skill acquisition and learning. And it's great to hear you saying that because that's going to spark some interest and some and, and some 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 really exciting pathways for a lot of coaches listening to this. Actually, the the coaching hours have gone up. The detail behind it, the analysis, the the, the provision, the sports science, everything that these players are getting right the way through their journey. But we're now getting those players that were then in the pre academy and in the real the lower foundation phase when those 11, 12 years old, they're now breaking into the first teams. So they've had a provision supporting their development of analysis. They've had a provision of unit and position-specific coaching and individual learning plans. They've had all of these things for 10 years. Now that the challenge is going to become its hardest, i.e. play first-team football, 
it would be foolish to take that provision away because, oh, now you're in the first team. Now you just need to go and perform. But I don't think there'll ever come a point where you go, do you know what? I've nailed this. I know everything now. There's never a completion point. And, and if you've got a genuine passion and, and an interest for it, and call it being a football geek, if you like, but if, if that's the case, then that's where I am because you just, you just, the game's always evolving and you're seeing new things and not just tactically, but just different things within players. And, you know, I think success leaves clues.